We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's important, though, because the locker room and the morale of that locker room is so vitally important. That's one of the things I tell Malik all the time that sticks out to me as a fan is that no matter what, the brotherhood at Notre Dame is so strong. Like, I don't care what era of a player you talk to. The brotherhood is so strong. And we've recently heard players on this squad this year talk about how the team morale is totally different than it was last year. And I said to myself, man, how are they winning games? And Malik was like, yo, we've always been, it's us against the world. Like we're in here, this locker room, like we we make it happen. And that goes back to the decision you guys were able to make. Like, yo, this is our locker room. This is our team and we're going to take care of it. And that just speaks volumes about Notre Dame football, generation to generation. Look, I think, you know, I I had – I literally went from the outhouse to the penthouse. I mean, I went from Jerry Faust. I got recruited by Jerry Faust. Yeah. His last year we won, lost three games or four games. I don't know what it was. We had, like, I think three-game losing streak booed off booed off the field at Notre Dame to winning – going 12-0 and winning a national championship. So I've been in a locker room where – there's a dissension and not a brotherhood. And I've been yeah. in a where there was incredible brotherhood. Yeah. And, um, you know, you can have the, it's I, look, I don't know what the people have asked me this question for 35 years. I don't know what the formula is. It's a lot of things. It's getting lucky a little bit. It's the coaching. It's the, you know, Lou Holtz letting Barry Alvarez do his thing on defense and us kind of running wild uh, you know, and sort of setting the tone for the offense and uh, the chemistry all came together. And, you know, I, I mean, I think Lou would tell you that the team in 1989 was, he thought was probably better than the team in 88. Mm. And cause they had, you know, they had, of course they, they only didn't lose a lot of players um, in my year. And the next year they lose to Miami down there. I guess they went, they won all their games except against Miami. Yeah. But, and Lou says that's one of the biggest regrets of his 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 life is not allowing the team to play loose in no. Miami. Pulled him and he didn't let him fight. Miami yeah. would fight again and he yeah. clipped, clipped their wings. 
instead of letting him, yeah, because he saw what happened when he let us fight. Well, he didn't know we were going to fight. But anyway, I don't know. It's you know, I can't. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, if you would have told me going into my fifth year that we were going to win the national championship, looking at our schedule, I would have been like, mm, yeah, that's that's a Ponzi scheme. But um, we did, so you never know. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Never know. <laughs> so it's early on. A game has yet to be played with this new coaching staff in the regular season. What are your early impressions of Marcus Freeman and the coaching staff? I um, listen, Marcus. I you know I can't say I know him well. I know him well, and I I know I think football and character and characteristics of teams that won, characteristics of teams that did. And I can tell you, he's got a heck of a lot of the positive attributes. I mean, just just getting the ex-players involved, embracing the school. The thing that Lou always loved Notre Dame. It wasn't about Lou. It was about Notre Dame and the tradition. And the, and that's how Marcus Freeman has got that day one. That was cool. I, I noticed that immediately because Brian Kelly was only about Brian Kelly. He didn't like Notre Dame. He didn't respect. He didn't care about the tradition or anything else. Marcus Freeman says, look, man, look where I'm standing. Like, look, these are hollowed grounds. These girls. Like, look around. He, like, he takes it in. Players in. I mean, you're just bringing in the players. Like, I went to that legacy weekend thing. That That's going to have so much potential. When you start getting all the players back, and there are some studs that have played football. I mean, business-wise, football-wise, but just the people. The people. Um. And, to, and he's going to start having guys like on the sidelines. I'm telling you, man, it's look. And, and I met Al Golden, who I, I spent some time with. He seems unbelievable. I loved his. I mean, they they seem to have it going on, man. I hate to be. I think so too. I think they got it going on be, in that staff room. Be, you know, I I always laugh. I don't want to overpromise and underdeliver, but 
man, I'm positive about where we are right now. I yep. mean, I, I'm positive about the first I, game. What do you think about first game? He's, he's going to take some blows. He's going to learn. He's going to be thrown in the fire against Ohio State. They're going to be stacked. Um, but I'm not going to get discouraged about it because I think, man, here's another thing, dude. I mean, he can recruit. And let me tell you something. We keep bringing all these kids. I mean, Lou was a great coach. Lou had all these great things. But we had dudes. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, let's call a spade a spade. I'd love, I mean, I'd love to say I, you know, I was pretty good myself, but I had a lot of good guys around me. Yeah. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, we hit you gotta have the players. And then if you got all the other stuff too, well then, you know, I think I think we are exponentially in a better spot than where we were with Brian Kelly. Because yeah. I don't see we were in a terrible rut that we were just going to win. We're never going to win a national championship, but we might win nine or 10 games every year. Yeah. And nothing going. There was no, I didn't feel like we were closing the gap to get to that next level. And I already feel like that's happening. Um, you know, coaching, coaching. I mean, you got to have the players to me, a head coach in college is all about what you stand for more than anything else. And this guy stands for all the right stuff. So how can I not be on board with that? I don't know. What do you think, Malik? Yeah, I think yeah, right on, right on the the button where he has all the things that you can't really explain. Like you said earlier, it's like unless you've been in that moment, unless you understand the campus and everything involved in the tradition of the program. I think Marcus Freeman, what he's done the best so far, is is understand where he's at. That alone gives the confidence of the people that have been there, people that have been supporting, especially former players, that if you can understand it, getting there your first year of what I've experienced, what you've experienced at our time in Notre Dame, and you can bring that all together and, and what you're trying to do and move forward with, that's what makes it feel like a national championship run. I'm sure down in Alabama, every class that's been through the saving era probably feels like that that next year they're part of the team <laughs> that the year coming up because they're great and they are related to the year they were there. So I think Marcus Freeman, if anything, is going to give us the feel that you had in 88 and 89, and, the and year I had in 15. After that, my, our year in 88, the, the expectation and the bars of everything that we did went up every year yeah. after, for the next eight yeah. Notre Dame was an inch away from winning another national championship. And they got screwed twice. Yeah. Uh, 93 with Florida State and Boston College. And then the year with Rocket. 91. Yeah. yeah. Four, but anyway. But you're Some right. 100% correct. And it's setting the bar. And I don't know. How do you guys, how did you guys feel? Like we're talking about like, what the players coming back meant for Notre Dame. What did the legacy weekend mean for you guys? What did it do for you guys personally? <laughs> you want me to tell? I mean, I, I for me, um, you know, I think when Lou was there, we kind of still felt like we had a connection to the university. Um, and I still knew a lot of the people at school. And, and I think in the last 15, 20 years, I've, you know, I've, don't feel like I've really been a part of that at all on any level. Yeah. On any level. It's crazy. You know, 
And, um, and I, I think it was, I think every single guy that I talked to, whether they were my year young, I mean, I've talked, spent a lot of time talking to guys I didn't know from the sixties and seventies. I want to talk, you know, I I've always done that. I mean, I talked to the current guys too, but I think it, every single person from that, that showed up there that has played at Notre Dame said that this was long overdue. You've got all this potential with all these successful people that have gone through all these experiences right here at your fingertips. It costs you zero. Zero. And Marcus is a genius because he said his whole pitch is Notre Dame four for 40, which is exactly how my dad pitched me. By the way, I didn't want to go to Notre Dame. I wanted to go to Georgia. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, my dad just kept the four for 40. I'm 17 years old. That did not mean anything to me. Only thing that no. mattered was SAE party that I had been to the weekend before in Athens with all the pretty girls. That's all, all the pretty girls. Dang. I mean, dude, Athens back in those days, my God. But anyway, but he's pitching this four for 40. He said, he said something that I thought was really cool. And this is when I realized the guys like on the second and third level of thinking this stuff at the right at the and about it the right way he said we don't need nil what we need is you guys this is what the players need to understand this is what you can do these are your opportunities these are the businesses you can get in i'm telling you that was genius yeah i i think it opened of course it opened our eyes we already kind of knew it but it had to have opened the current players eyes yeah. It was that connection that we, like you said, we knew it. We just didn't know how to get everybody right. to get on the but, same. Oh, page. by the way, that had never happened before. Never happened before. Yeah, it it, never happened before. <laughs> no, it had never happened. And I think you wait because guys like me and guys that are a lot smarter than me. We're going to think about ways the next time that happens to to elaborate on that and make it even better. Yes, because it, it was it was so cool that we was like, okay. wait, we could. And then you, you have to do something. And you have, you know, the next thing you know, man, yeah, you don't give a shit if you play pro football because you're going to do that. I mean, I played three years. I got hurt. I was getting paid peanuts. My friends were working on Wall Street. I was calling my agent. I'm like, I quit. He's like, what do you mean? I said, I'm going to work. <laughs> Get out like, of here. <laughs> I'm going to work on Wall Street. Bye. <laughs> okay. I got yeah, a broken here. hand and a dislocated shoulder. This is dumb. I'm this is this, yeah, this is dumb. I'm too old for this. I'm just dumb. Get paid not- <laughs> right. So that's Lucky right. Lucky Podcast talking to Wes Pritchett. Now, Wes, I've heard some stories that you can either you know choose not to confirm or or you can go ahead and, and let us know what they whether or not they're true. Uh there's a story that Lou Holtz was so upset in practice about a running play that he told the entire offensive line. No, he pulled one offensive lineman and made the offensive line block with four players to prove <laughs> to that lineman that his worth or he bought the job he was doing. And then I want to talk about just how tough it was to play for Joe Moore because you defensive guys got to watch how he went after his offensive lineman. Did you have a sense of empathy for what they had to go through? Man, it was tough for all of us, to be honest with you. Lou was, I mean, it was horrible. We had those, uh, you know, they didn't have any rules about hitting and time of practice or any, I mean, it was just the way it was. I mean, I can remember in the spring, Lou saying that, you know, spring ball was, was when you had to make the team. And we did 30 days of full pads and it was, 
horrible. We scrimmaged the whole time. Yeah. It was hitting drills, one-on-ones. I mean, you could put it this way. There was no hiding. Yeah. The guy played, earned it. Yeah. And I don't think anybody on our team, whether it was Joe Moore, and yeah, Joe Moore was amazing. He's legendary. He's from another planet. He wouldn't even he wouldn't be accepted today on any level. They they could <laughs> what he would do. He was always smoking cigarettes. I mean, he was just, he was he was so old school. But dude, he coached. I mean, he coached like Bill Fralick and. I mean, his years at Pittsburgh, he coached the best offensive lineman that probably ever played the game. Um, you know, and he was just bru- he was brutal. I mean, he just never let up on those guys. It didn't matter if you were an All-American or or a walk-on. You had to, you know, it just was fundamentals, fundamentals, fundamentals. And that's all Lou ever did, man. All we did was work on fundamentals. The way we shuffled in our linebacker drills, the way we – took a step on the punt team. Everything was orchestrated always. There was never, like, my techniques, our techniques were flawless. Yeah. Getting leverage, getting getting off the, shooting off the ball low, extending your hands. I mean, just everything was mat- very meticulous. Yeah. And we worked, we worked over and over and over and over and over again on, on technique. A lot of technique. I mean, yes, we hit and all that and, we and we train like crazy, but we worked a lot. Lou was a tactician too. Now, um, and that carried over, I think, into all the positions. So, I mean, there's no look, no shortcut. I mean, you got to have good players. You got to have a good coach. You got to play. Yeah. You got to get lucky. Yeah. Kind of, you know, you gotta you gotta make sure your key guys don't get hurt over the course of the year. We had very little injuries, if any. Yeah. My senior year, very little injuries. I mean, you know. So I don't know. What's your favorite? We know, of course, ultimately defeating uh, West Virginia in the Fiesta Bowl pinnacle of that season if you were going to bookmark one moment from that season to let someone to let a Notre Dame fan in 2022 that's a teenager know what Notre Dame football is all about what would be that moment if you were sitting down with a young teenager right now that's a Notre Dame fan you had to pull up one thing on YouTube what it would be? What would it be to let them know what that season was all about and what Notre Dame football is all Man, about? That's a hard question. There were so many. You let out for me, and this is something I jokingly say because I don't like the visitors' entrance now. Yeah, I grew up watching you guys come through that tunnel. Yeah, with Miami, with USC, and whether it was a fight or brawl or just talking trash back and forth. I just for me that was college football. Like that's. That's how you I mean, you'd have to say you'd have to say the fight in the tunnel against Miami. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think that defined our entire season because those guys had punched us in the face three years in a row, you know, and um, we're warming up and they're down the other end and, and they ran right through our drill intentionally. And we were let them know that that was not going down. Right. You know? And uh, yeah, I mean, I guess if I had to pick one, that would be more of a, yeah, because I think that's, reflective of sort of our attitude and that was and that changed the entire not that it changed the entire season but after we won that miami game like i said i mean that there was it was all it, nobody was going to beat us after that now i'm glad we didn't have to play them again <laughs> but um that would have been interesting if we had played them again like in the playoff that would have been because mm. i think i think we would have adjusted i physically they could not beat us schematically they could like running the ball and all that, we I, we I, we throw their linemen around, but their their offense was way advanced for the time, you know. So. Yeah. So it would have been interesting to see how you guys would have adjusted to that. I think offensively, Lou would have adjusted, and I think you guys would have been more acclimated to seeing what they showed you guys the first time. Yeah, Barry. Let me tell you. Here's another thing, and don't kid yourself, Alvarez is every bit as good of a coach as Lou Holtz. I mean, I, 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 to have, to think, to have been coached by Lou and Barry at the same time is, I mean, that's like legendary stuff. And I'm still friends. In fact, I was texting Barry Alvarez yesterday. (laughs) Why do you think he doesn't get the same acclaim at it at Notre Dame at the same time? Because, you know, you always hear about Lou driving the train. Well, I mean, he did. Barry would tell you he wasn't driving the train. He was just trying to take care of the defense. But I, <laughs> I can just tell you that, you know, uh, the impact that he had on all of our players and how much we loved him. And then he was only there for two years and he left. Mm. So, um, you know, there was always rumors that um, he was going to come back and be the head coach. And I don't know whatever happened there. But, but if you look at what he did at Wisconsin as a head coach, oh. I mean, that's unbelievable. They were Wisconsin didn't even exist, and they won. He won five Rose Bowls and six yeah, crazy championships. I mean, unbelievable what he accomplished there. Um, he's a great athletic director as well. Great, great athletic, athletic director. director. I mean, guys had he has had a, and I'm just telling you, he's had even a probably a bigger. He and Lou both had equally big impacts on my life. But you know, Barry, I was a fifth year senior. So, I, I mean, hell, I was like a player coach. I was down in the coach's office. and I mean, I'd watch film with him all day. I mean, I'd walk into yeah. – he'd take me into the coach's meetings. He did it one time. He's like, Prince, just come on in the meeting. I sit down and Lou sits down. He's like talking. He looks over and goes, Wesley, what the hell are you doing in this? Get your ass out of here. Like, yeah, he's like, ah, I guess you're not invited, Prince. Sorry about that. But, I mean, yeah, I, I'm bad. literally like <laughs> – I would sit in Barry's office. Digger Phelps was like two offices down. He'd come in. It was it was surreal. I mean, I'm sitting around with legends, you know. Yeah. At the time, I didn't yeah. think anything about it, but what an experience. I about it. You didn't realize how special that was at the oh. time, right? Yeah. No, you're young. I mean, I was 21 years old. I didn't, you know. Yeah, in hindsight, it's incredible what, what all that's, you know what we had, um, Barry, Barry, the way that he, his technique was totally different than Lou's, but very effective. 
Like he would call us into his office. You know, he'd call me in and, you know, because we had a good time now. You know, I don't know if you read, like, you know, with me smoking cigars in my helmet. And we did all kinds of goofy shit. Uh, you know, we'd send the freshmen down to see Lou all the time. We, I mean, we, there's a lot of stories. But Barry knew when to, like, button it up. You know what I mean? And he'd call us into the office and be like, look, no screwing around today. Like, I want you guys to get going. And then we would go out and, and like, demand another level from the younger guys. And we weren't fucking around. And we were serious and we were focused. And they knew it immediately. So that was kind of like the, you know, I think the way that the, and, and being a fifth-year senior like that, you know, I think hell, we had a nice barbelled combination of old guys and young bucks that were players. Yeah. yeah. And that was, that was a good, you know, a good um, mixture, I think, too. Um, you know, but you didn't hear, Malik, when I was saying that, First year starters on that team were um, Rocket Ishmael, Ricky Waters, Andy Heck, Tim Grunhard, Tim Ryan. Who else on offense? Is that anybody else that played in the NFL? Good grief. Uh, I'm trying to think. I think there's one more. And then on defense was Chris Zorich, Mike Stonebreaker, Pat Terrell, Stan Smagala. Um, Jeff Alm, all NFL guys. Yeah, so we had eleven. We had eleven guys, first year starters that were sophomores, that all played in the NFL. <laughs> what was that moment like? The first time That's you crazy. saw Rocket? How about that? What was That's the crazy. first time you saw Rocket in a practice? Like when you first, the first time you saw him in action, what were your thoughts? You know, it's funny. Back in those days, man, we it was like two different teams. Like the offense and the defense did not play together. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Lou, nobody wanted to be near Lou, and Lou didn't want anybody near. So we wanted the, the offense. But there was plenty of practices where we had gone in, showered, eaten dinner, and those fools were still out there practicing. Very <laughs> <laughs> was practicing in units. Like, Y'all are no done in showers. You hear the clock back to period 20. And we'd be like, oh man, Barry's like, y'all are done. Get out of here. <laughs> wow. So we talked to answer your question. I yeah. mean, I, I didn't even pay attention to the offense and much less a wide receiver, unless uh, unless I was playing him. I, I was so focused on what I was doing, but I, I would be in, it would have been in a game. First time, you know, I, all of a sudden I saw some like freaking just like the flash go run. I mean, dude, that guy was so fast. It was like, and I had played with Tim Brown. So it's not like I hadn't been around guys that were pretty fast. Tim yeah. Brown was fast. Rocket was faster. <laughs> <laughs> if that was even possible, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. He was, Rocket was so in a straight line. I mean, he was just. It was crazy. I, you know, it didn't take Tony. You know, he was so we didn't, Rocket was a freshman. So it wasn't until later in, on in the season that we started throwing the ball to him because Lou realized that nobody could cover him. So, and all we did, we'd line up and smash it in everybody's face. And then all of a sudden he could play action and he figured out Tony could take three steps and throw it as far as he could. And Rocket could run under it. Because nobody was going to be there but Rocket. Right. That's crazy. 
So what are you looking forward to with this season? You said it's going to be a tough task going into the horseshoe. You know, I just want to see him. Uh, you know, I just you, you only learn by jumping in the fire anyway. I mean, I you know, I, look, the Oklahoma State game was disappointing. Um, I think that, you know, you had your offensive and defensive coordinators, though, like already gone or new guys coming in or interim. That, that makes it really tough. You haven't, you know, he's got to add I can tell you this, Al Golden, from what, every, anything that from me doing research on him and talking to the guy, they're going to be good on defense. I think we're going to be really good on defense. Really, really good. I think I so think we're going to be really good on defense. Um, you know, on off, I, 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 I man, just play hard and be and be in the game. That's that's all I'm looking for. Effort, effort, effort. I just want to see effort. You know, that's all I've ever told my kids. You can't worry about anybody else. You just when you go out there, it's you can only worry about yourself. I mean, you yeah. can motivate the other guys, but yeah. yeah. But you also you are in charge of how hard you play. That's fair. And what you think is a hundred percent today ain't gonna be a hundred percent when you go to the you know what I mean? Like yeah, what I fair. thought was full speed in high school. What I thought was full speed my freshman year in college was not full speed my fifth year in college. No. You know, yeah, this is one of the most important months in recruiting. A lot of big time recruits will be coming to visit Notre Dame. A lot of 25 kids coming in for camps, along with 24 kids. There are two kids coming in that Notre Dame are trying to get that are five stars, both from the state of Georgia. Have Notre Dame in their top three. Who is that? Is safety name Caleb, Caleb Downs. Downs. And a gentleman, a young man, uh, Malik actually talked to last night, Samuel and Pimba, who's at IMG Academy. What's he play? Out of Georgia. He uh, linebacker. Yeah. Linebacker. What Great. would you tell those guys, Georgia kids, deciding to leave the South and go to Notre Dame? What would be your pitch to them to say, "Yo"? To them was, "Look, you're going. You're not going to play. I mean, you're going to. You're not going to get any more exposure than you're ever going to get on in TV and playing great teams than you are at Notre Dame. First yeah. of all, yeah, he's just not. So, from a football perspective, you're going to get every bit as much opportunity to play in the NFL as you would at Georgia. Now, if you get hurt your first year, you go to Notre Dame and you graduate, you're going to have a degree that can get you a job in any industry in any state in the United States. The alumni stick together. It's not even comparable. The degree from Notre Dame and the degree from the Georgia is a good school, and it truly is a good school. But nobody gives a shit outside of the state of Georgia. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that you're not going to have opportunities, but I, there's nothing like a Notre Dame degree, um, especially if you played football and went to Notre. It's just the ability. It opens your. It opens your. It'll open your mind as far as people that you're going to meet from all, I mean, there was the greatest, I was a Southern kid that had never been North in North Carolina. I was completely out of my comfort zone on every level, football, <laughs> socially, everything, weather. And it was, yeah, and weather. It sucked. I was hard. I hated it. I wanted to come home my freshman year. I was the only guy on scholarship that got red shirted. I was tenth string. I mean, the stories go on and on and on. And my dad got on the phone one day. He's like, Wesley, you made a decision, and by God, you're going to stick with it. And I quit feeling sorry for yourself. I don't want to talk about this shit anymore. Click. And that was <laughs> it. That was it. But I, and I think, you know, look, these kids, these five star kids, I mean, they can go anywhere and have a great time. They can go anywhere and, and, and play great football. But I mean, 
you know, it's there's more to it than just the game. What if you get hurt? The, the my high school coach said to me, "What go some? Where will you be happy if you got hurt the first play?" Yeah. Mm. And I said, UCLA. No, I'm joking. Hell yeah. <laughs> Thank God I didn't take a trip out there. Uh, Lucky Lefty Podcast. We are so appreciative of the legendary linebacker and 1988 champion Wes Pritchett joining us today all the way from that peach state. And uh, success to you and your young men, your Thanks. sons that are uh, looking to get that Power 5 offer and Pursue their dreams, and you guys, as, as I said before when we introduced you, uh, I speak on behalf of the fan base. The blood, sweat, and tears, and the brotherhood that you guys represent is the best thing about being a Notre Dame fan. We would love to win a national championship. We would love to have titles delivered to us on an annual basis, but to take a step back and have the pride and the men that you all are on and off the field, as well as your attributes and everything that you've been able to accomplish on the field, that's the one thing as a Notre Dame fan, as a fan base, that we take pride in. And we appreciate everything that you've given us on and off the field and how you continue to be a great ambassador for the school and the, and the uh, football program. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for having us. And, um, you know, go Irish and Malik. Great to see you, and uh, hope to see you next time I'm up there. Yeah, and absolutely. You know, I hope, I hope, be, I hope we're talking about Marcus Freeman's national championship. No, nothing would excite me more. Heck yeah! yeah how, many, right. how many games are you going to get to this year? You know, I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm planning on going to a couple of games this year. I haven't been in a couple of years. Um, I think I'm definitely going up to the. Uh, that the Lou Holtz game, which is the second home game, and mm -hmm. then I might go to the Clemson game or the BC game. All right. Well, we thank you, Wes Pritchard, for joining us right here on the Lucky Lefty Podcast. Thank you, sir. Bye. Have a good one.